Hi, welcome to the Strong as a Mama podcast. My name is Mary Hansen. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is all about creating a place for moms to feel seen, heard, and understood during the intense personal transformation that takes place when becoming a mom. And I have a wonderful guest here today, Taylor Sant. She is such a joy to know, and she is actually my neighbor and was supportive and there for me when I went through through some of my hardest times, postpartum depression. Um, and she just came to my mind as somebody to have on the podcast and share her story. She's also um, worked in the hospital on the labor and delivery floor with mamas and babies. So she's just familiar with a lot of this territory. But thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. Um, you're going to make me cry over here. I'm like blushing. Ah, thanks for letting me be here. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump into your story and your journey, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself as a person and what you like to do and all of that? Sure. Um, like you said, my name's Taylor. Uh, I have three littles. My youngest is seven months old right now which is crazy because I felt like I just was in the hospital with her. Um, uh, my husband and I, we are like outdoor extremists. <laughs> we love to do all things outdoors. So, you know, when I'm not at home chasing after my three littles, we're outside somewhere chasing after our three littles. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mama, which is... Uh, my dream job, but as you know, definitely a full-time job. Uh, so stepping away from that hospital scene was hard in the sense that I've, I'm doing a completely different thing now, but it's, um, whenever I'm at work, I want to be with my kids. So here I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It really is such a transition to decide to be at home full-time and it's such a wonderful thing, but it's definitely not like the easier thing necessarily for most people, I think. Um, yes. That's awesome. Great. Well, your kids, by the way, are are so cute. Oh, my goodness. And tell us tell us their names because I want everybody to hear how cute their names are. My kids are so cute. I have to agree, but thank you. Um, <laughs> so my oldest, she's four. Her name's Piper. Uh, my second, he, my boy, he is Copper. And he's two. And then my baby is Dolly. And she is seven months, like I said. So Piper, so cute. and Dolly. Yeah. I think their names are so cute. Um, so, cute. yeah. Just, just go ahead and dive in and, and tell us, like, what was life like for you before you even stepped into motherhood with your first, your first? And what was that transition like? And, and just kind of lead us on that journey. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of had a unique experience in the fact that, like you mentioned, I worked in the field and I helped other moms take care of their newborns long before I was even pregnant or planning on having kids on my own. So when I became pregnant with my first, it wasn't like this. I never got that overwhelming, oh gosh, what what's, you know, what's life going to look like? What am I going to do? I don't know how to take care of a newborn kind of thing. And so when she came, I mean, not to like pat myself on the back or <laughs> that transition from zero to one kid really was just um, blissful to 
for lack of a better word, I it was just fun for me. I kind of had all the resources, whether it was my education with my my career beforehand or just like the nurses. All my friends were nurses that worked right there with me and they were on like speed dial basically, right? So it's like if I didn't know it myself, I had like the best group of women who was able to help me. So my first child was easy, breezy. I mean, I, I had it really easy, <laughs> my first kid. Um, and I remember I had I had someone that's close to me at one point say like, oh, you might have postpartum. Um, and it was because we kind of had a, <laughs> a heated discussion. <laughs> and this person was uh, upset at me. And looking back, I'm like, no, she was just upset at me. I didn't have postpartum. I was definitely just hormonal because, you know, then comes my second child. And I did have postpartum depression and it looked night and day different from what like any hormonal outburst I was having with my first. Right. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. So what what was that night and day difference like? What were the main differences there? So with my first, um, what I would, ex- I mean, I would just explain it as like feeling like you do when you're in your period, but just kind of heightened, you know, um, ornery or like when I, you know, just kind of ornery or, and not all the time. They just, it just kind of ebb and flow. So sometimes I was just ornery or sometimes I was more emotional. I was crying at the drop of a hat, but like I never had this. I never struggled. It was just like, you know, if I had a worse night of sleep, that's when I was more emotional or right. Like I never struggled my first really. It was just just hormonal. I just thought that transition of expected. Yeah, right. Um, Where my second with my son, he. I think it's a combination of lots of things. And you've you know, you have a cute little fawn, your second now and. um that one did it it was harder for me that was a, a transition where I <laughs> I I you know in my mind I was like oh my first was so awesome and so easy and it was so fun and then my second came and all of a sudden I was I realized like this isn't fun <laughs> uh I have two kids to take care of now the first is fully dependent on me as is the second and they're dependent in different ways and I it became a job rather than like dressing my sweet little you know like my first was fun and like my little like live barbie and the second was a reality check so i kind of felt like i had this like awakening experience with my son where i was like okay this is this is real like motherhood isn't cute anymore this is like (laughs) this is actually hard and then um so that i think played into it where i was like i was shocked as well as i was just like extra tired and you know, taking care of that extra one, that one more baby. So that played into it. But I definitely look back and I, I did have postpartum where I wasn't myself. I think that was the biggest key. It was like, I'm kind of an optimist by nature. Um, being positive, um, thanks to God, it comes easy for me. It's, it's something that I've never struggled with. And I found myself acting opposite of what I normally who of who I normally am I was very much pessimistic I was very much down in the dumps like what was me I felt like very not myself and that's where I was like okay something's off 
it's not just me being tired. It's not just me being hormonal. It's not just me like having a grumpy set, like grumpy spell. Like I'm actually not Taylor right now. And so that was kind of my like first hint of like, okay, this is not normal. Um, and then things just kind of progressed from there. Like, you know, oh, um, normally I don't treat my husband like this, or <laughs> normally I'm not like thinking of getting divorced all the time or, you know what I mean? There's like certain things where just like little hints that I saw, like, okay, I have postpartum depression. Yeah. So <clears throat> that is like a, when you realized that, was it a relief for you or did it make it feel like more complicated and difficult for you once you kind of came to that to yourself? Like, okay, this is, this is an actual thing going on. I think it was relieving in the fact that it's like, okay, I'm not crazy, right? Like, yeah, this is women. I mean, so many women go through this. There are resources. I'm not alone. I have so many friends that are doing, you know, going through the same thing right now. Like, it, there, there is a source to, to quote unquote, my craziness, right? Like, it's not just me being yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're not just like, can't get a grip. You, yeah. Um, there's actually something going on beneath the surface. Yeah. So what did you do at that point then? Like what were the first resources that you uh, went to and what was it that ended up helping you? Tell us about all of that. So I'm going to be honest, and this is probably not the answer I, I should be sharing. Um, but don't worry, I have another kid <laughs> that I can talk about. But uh, I didn't do anything. I didn't. I didn't go to my doctor. I didn't reach out and get professional help. I didn't go on medication. And looking back, I maybe should have. Um, I just kind of, it was my, you know, my first time and it was kind of just, I don't know. I think I was afraid of the stigmas like, oh, I don't need help. I can figure it out on my own. I'm, I'm a strong woman, right? Like I have my friends that are going through it. Maybe I can just like piggyback off of their therapist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I kind of just, I kind of just dealt with it. And um, in time, it got better. I remember being probably eight, nine months postpartum and having someone ask, how's it going? And for the first time realizing like, oh, I feel pretty normal. Like, I, So I think around eight-ish months is where, is where I was like, okay, I'm seeing the, you know, I'm seeing the light there at the end of the tunnel. Things are going to be okay. But um, yeah, I just kind of hung on, which I mean for anyone listening if that's where you're at great like if you feel like you can hang on great but also I'm not saying that that's by any means is that the right thing to do <laughs> yeah yeah um that's I'm so glad that it did resolve on its own bef like instead of um you know progressing and getting to a point where where there was like serious issues or anything mm -hmm. you know um so so you were feeling a little better and then I mean, obviously things got better if you if you were ready to have a third kid. Because <laughs> yeah. I know for me going through it, I was like, well, actually, I remember with my first, which I didn't really have postpartum depression, but like that first month like rocked my world, you know, mm -hmm. and I and I definitely was hormonal kind of during that first month. And I yeah. remember thinking to myself, like, it has to get better. Or no one would have a second child. No <laughs> yeah. one would if this yeah. doesn't get better. 
you know, yeah. and and it does. And then you want another one or, you know, or whatever. So um, yes. you have a third. So I take it that, that things got better and, and you they did, you know. When I said the same thing with my second, I mean, probably like two weeks in, I was like, all right, we're done. Like, I'm going to stop at two. There's no way I could have more kids. And I said that probably for the first six months. Like, nope, we're done. There's no way I can't function with two here. Like mentally, physically, there's no way I could have a third. But yeah, as you, as the history show, I, I did get over that slump. Um, <laughs> and I did have another baby. Um, and yeah, by choice, I, my son turned about a year old and I was like, all right, I need another little infant in my arms. <laughs> and she came <laughs> and um, I felt really good for probably the first month, I'd say, actually. Um and she was my first unmedicated birth. And for oh. like four weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the way to do it. I feel so good. Because, you know, after my first two, I kind of felt, I don't do really well on medication. So I kind of felt blah for a week. And so, yeah, with this, my, with my daughter, my third, I was like, okay, this is, the, this is the way to do it. I feel so good. I feel like myself. I don't feel bogged down or foggy or just kind of like, meh. And then, yeah, probably a month out, all of a sudden, I was like, okay, something's wrong. And it was like my son's, where I could tell I wasn't being myself, but it was worse, way worse than my son's, where they're, they're what, like, I I don't know how to explain My son, I was very emotional, very, I felt very sad. I was like, like I mentioned before, I felt like kind of the opposite of an optimist. I was kind of pessimistic and like, woe is me. This time around, man, and I'm still in, I'm still kind of in it. So, like, um, yeah. So it's like hard she's to only- explain. Yeah, she's still little, but yeah, about a month out, all of a sudden, I was realizing that I felt out of control. There was never a moment where I was like, "Oh, I'm sad," or "Oh, I feel not happy," or "Not like myself." It was like I would be myself a hundred percent, like happy taylor happy mama and then uh like in a in a just in a second all of a sudden i was like psycho chick screaming out of control and like not even realizing what i was saying or why i was screaming and then you know the moment would pass and i'd be in my room like sobbing like what did i just do who in the heck am i why can i like how do i talk to my kids that way and it was this like cycle multiple times a day like I would just explode out of nowhere out of nowhere and then like hate myself for it but it was never this like oh I'm so sad or oh I don't feel happy I don't feel like myself it was just like out of nowhere explosions and so I got to the point where I was like that is scary the fact that I can't I literally can't even stop and say okay let's take a deep breath why am I feeling triggered like there's no there was no controlling it so I was like this is kind of scary so I did talk to my doctor this time I went to her at my six part on or my six part of my six week postpartum visit. And I said, like, this is kind of scaring me. It's scaring me because it's not just me anymore. Like my kids are involved. You know, they're watching their mom <laughs> be like kind of a psycho chick. Um, it is affecting their life. And, you know, it's to the point where like now if I say, hey, and I can say, hey, for like a positive reason, like, hey, let's go to the park. They would jump like they would flinch like, oh, my gosh, is she yelling? You know, and that kind of like made me really sad. Like it me i'm being so reactive 
for no reason that I can't even like be chipper without them like flinching <laughs> which I laugh at it now but it's it was very sad and eye-opening to me so I, I did reach out to my doctor and of course I'm like bawling which I don't know why I felt so embarrassed to like I don't know why I let like this weird stigma of like mental health like affect the way that I like reach out for help and I know there's so many people like me that felt that way but I was so embarrassed to like tell her that I have I'm having issues and she was like oh my gosh and she was so cute she was like tell me what's going on and of course I couldn't even like start to tell her what's going on without like bawling my eyes out she let me bawl my eyes out right in there on her little checkup table bed thing the paper bed and she listened to everything I had to say she listened to all my symptoms and how I felt and she without any like hesitancy was like oh my gosh let's get you some help and I told her all of my, all the things I was worried about, um, whether that was like what my appearance of being on medication or whatever help looked like in that situation. Uh, we did go over medication and what that might look like. And I gave her all my hesitancies there and she was able to get me the help and it was night and day difference. So, yeah. Wow. I'm so glad that you have such a good doctor and mm-hmm. that she because it sounds like you felt heard by her a hundred percent and that is so important um so did you feel like it was after you got help then it was like it was pretty quick that you felt like you're again yes and mary feel free to stop me i have i like diarrhea of the mouth so if i like talk too long (laughs) that's literally what we're doing here (laughs) this is exactly what we want Perfect. Uh, so with her, I was really worried about, you know, ha- having this like fear of mental health. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what I don't care. Okay, I come from this background. I don't know if it's just like our parents. I, I don't know. I just, in you know, growing up, we don't take me- medication for mental reasons. You know, like you, you get hurt and you take an ibuprofen. That's kind of like the, that's kind of it in my life. <laughs> And um, my husband's family was the same. So I really did feel very much like almost shameful for having to reach out and get help. So that was a huge step for me, first of all, like even just like admitting that I needed help or recognizing that I needed help. But then I did have this like underlying fear of addiction. Like, well, everyone tells me that if I take medication that it's, you know, I'm going to get addicted to it or whatever. So I told her all of that. I said, like, I'm afraid of, well, one like being like needing to take it like I didn't want to be dependent on this medication I I still want to feel like myself on and off of it like I don't want to feel like I can't function without it right and I told her uh, another big thing for me I I was afraid of weight gain that's (laughs) that's another part of mental health for me is like the weight gain of having a child love my sweet babies but like they wreck my body and I hate it. So it's like, please don't it's make it hard. worse. Right? Like, I didn't want my medication to affect that. So, um, yeah, I just kind of gave her all my hesitancies towards taking medication. And she sat there and, like, we kind of basically drew it out. Like, okay, well, this one would do this to you and this one would do this. And we found one that worked for me. So, like, anyone who's listening, I mean, there are so many options out there that fit 
your needs, your desires that fit your hesitancies towards them. Like there were so many, I was mind blown. Um, so yeah, she got me on something. I, I wish I could tell you the name. It's like 20 letters long. I don't know. Um, but it was great. I, I didn't need it. Like, I mean, there were days where I forgot to take it because it wasn't strong enough where I was like, yeah, I wasn't dependent on it. It didn't, it wasn't life altering it, but it just gave me that edge. It just took the edge off of my, my, whatever I was, you know, was going through in the time. And it's gotten a lot better as I've, you know, progressed and I've, I'm getting closer to my baby is getting bigger and I'm, you know, that, that light's there at the end of the tunnel. But, um, for sure there are days where I'm like, okay, I may be needing to take one today. Yeah. So it's been. It was kind of like an as needed. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, as needed. And there are weeks where I'm like, okay, for sure. Like, I can. I'm just. You feel it heavier. Um, but yeah, it it definitely helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that you got help because I think that like we just feel like we should be able to control our emotions and her actions and like especially where you're like I know who I am like I'm a good person I like I can handle things you know and mm-hmm. but when when there's so much going on hormonally and like sleep deprivation mm-hmm. and just literally everything about your world changes every time you have a baby oh yeah and all of it like it is it is too much a lot of times and you need help in some way and i just my whole goal with this is is for women to understand that like everybody's going through this on some level mm-hmm. and it's totally normal and there's no shame and like we talk about this it's okay to talk about it um it's good to talk to your doctor what you know see a therapist whatever that you need mm-hmm. and just know that you're not alone and that it is going to get better yes there you're not going to be like this forever <laughs> you're not going to feel crazy forever you're not going to hate everyone around you forever <laughs> like it does get even though better. it feels like you will yeah oh yeah in the moment it feels like you will but you won't yeah, yeah. i mean like in the moment there's no talking me out of <laughs> like feeling crazy <laughs> right like there's you could tell me it's gonna be okay and you're gonna feel different in three months from now and in the moment like nothing matters but like the way I felt there's no like explaining it it's the craziest thing I totally feel you on that yeah I guess I should say also um which this is this is well this whole experience was a learning experience for me it's funny you think that you you know with each kid you are gonna get more of a handle on it but every baby has been so different for me and every postpartum experience has been so different I've had three kids and each one is like completely different but um I so I realized at the time where I was like you know going crazy and screaming out of nowhere I'm like okay this is postpartum and I just assumed because it's what I heard I just assumed it was postpartum depression so when I talked to my doctor um she actually said definitely postpartum but it's not depression what you're experiencing so if anyone that's listening to this have similar symptoms as that I did. Um, mine was a source of postpartum anxiety. Um, so she called it postpartum rage. 
So I was dealing with rage, but postpartum rage stems from postpartum anxiety. And so she's saying like, this is a form of anxiety that just comes out your body in this way. So um, I was being treated for postpartum anxiety, not postpartum depression, which was so new for me. Like I said, I was completely like against like getting help or getting medication or anything like that. But I didn't even know there was more than just postpartum depression. I didn't even know that was a thing. So if you're listening <laughs> and you're thinking like, oh, well, no, my friends have postpartum depression and they don't act, they don't act like this. Or it could be more than just depression. It could be postpartum anxiety or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh anything yeah oh yeah there's so there's postpartum psychosis there's postpartum yeah there's there's so many things and so i think i think the key is like if you don't feel like yourself or you're not yourself or if you're of course if you're having thoughts of suicide or or harming your baby it's like Mm -hmm. there's no shame go get help because like these are things that happen and yeah, it doesn't just have to look one certain way. Um, there's a lot of things that can be going on. And um, actually, I the statistic that I found is that 85% of women um, experience some sort of mood or mental disturbance. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and that's, you know, all varying degrees. But it's like, you're most likely going to be going through something and you're right. not alone it's it's okay yeah so um tell us what your how things kind of you said you know you're still in it a little bit and like and that's totally totally normal mm-hmm. what things are you doing now to to just like adjust to having three kids and how are you making making time for yourself in the mix like how is all of that juggling act going Oh, Mary, I'm still learning. <laughs> it's still definitely a juggling act. Uh, I learn by trial and error every day. But at one point, like I mentioned earlier, the way I feel in my skin affects my mental health huge. Like it's a, a huge part of my mental health journey. So at one point I went to my husband and I was like, okay, I just, I let's just invest in a gym pass for me because I need to get out of my house because I, I'm really good at exercising. That's a big part of who I am. Um, so I've never struggled with making that a priority. I've always, in fact, it's something that makes me happy. But um, it became this, I couldn't do it in my home anymore. Like it became like a, if I try to do it in my house with my kids, because I have three now, like I, my kids don't fit in my jogger, my, my jogger stroller. Like I have to either, if I'm working out with all three of them, we're in the home, right? So it got to the point where I was like, if I'm working out in the home, my workouts are taking five hours because I'm having to take 20 stops to like help these three kiddos with something or, you know, feed my baby every two hours. And, you know, it just became this like, I'm not, nothing's working here. <laughs> like, it's yes, so I'm hard. getting a workout in, but it's taking all day. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, we got this gym pass and I started going and that has helped significantly just leaving my home whether it's sometimes I go at 4 a.m because I know I'm I won't be able to later and sometimes if I have a rough night my you know my, my daughter wakes me up or whatever I have to go at night but it's been a priority to me and that has helped so much not just physically like the way I feel because it has helped I'm starting to see and feel different but mentally huge 
getting a break, getting to step out of my home, get a, you know, step away from my little angels for just a little bit. I mean, even just half an hour a day has helped so much. So that's been huge. Um, and like I said, I, I have been, you know, with being my third, I am definitely more aware this time of what's going on that I am, you know, I, I, I can kind of feel the differences now where I, I know like, oh, today I'm struggling where with my first and second, if I was struggling, I just thought it was a bad day. I just thought it was off day or I'm, I'm tired or now I can see like, okay, we're having, we're having a day and I have to just kind of give myself grace and do what I can to be the best mom and the best tailor I can be with accepting the fact that like, it's going to be a hard day. So grace and patience with myself. Um, I take lots of breaks. You know, I can like, I can kind of feel like the, the, I guess, anger for lack of a better word, rising in me. Um, and I've been trying to kind of wean off the medication, um, something that I've been wanting to do as my daughter gets older. So, and you know, my first two months where I would have just, okay, maybe I need a medication today. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and grab the mail. I know my kids are safe, you know, whatever. My oldest is to the point where she can kind of watch the youngest. I'm just going to go and take two minutes and walk and get the mail, take some deep breaths, you know, so just stuff like that where I'm like, I can recognize where I'm getting a little bit. <laughs> I can feel, I can feel my body changing. Or I can feel the anger rising or whatever it is. Like, and maybe I'm overstimulated. Let's take a break. Let's take a step back. Because at the end of the day, it's not just me that it affects. Like I said before, it's my kids. They see it. They feel it. It affects their day. I don't want them to be scared of mom. I don't want them to remember this, you know? So I'm having to, I'm having to actively step back or change things about what I'm doing to, to make things better. Yeah. That's so good. And I love that you're, you're like learning you're paying attention to what it feels like for you, like getting to know, you know, rather than just stuffing it down and being like, oh, I'm just going to like ignore it, hope it goes away or whatever. You're really tuning yeah. into yourself, it sounds like, so that you can be like, OK, I need to take a little break. I need to take a little breather and just acknowledging it. I'm I'm big on just acknowledging things. And yeah. Yeah. I think it makes them way less scary than when we do try and keep them to ourselves and ignore yes. it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> my husband's right here with me. He just walked in. And I mean, he could vouch for me. Like we went on this, we went to Moab a couple weeks ago, one full time, but it's like a four hour drive from where we live. And uh, there were like three times on the road trip where just like, you know, the kids could have been like giggling and happy and making happy sounds. But between that and like the music, I could like feel it. I could like feel that postpartum, that rage building. And I was like, I got to get out of my car or they need to stop laughing, which how sad, right? Like that I need to feel like that need to just, I need a break. But where do you get a break when you're on the road, right? So luckily, you know, my daughter needed to go potty. And so my husband would take the kids and into the gas station. They'd get a treat and go potty. And I would just sit in the truck and like, like you know what I mean but you can I could feel it I could actually feel that rage building so you know there's times where I'm like okay honey music has to go off everyone stop talking because <laughs> there's times where I I can actually feel it get 
like get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you've learned to to be in tune with that. And I bet it's like, I'm just going to assume like based off of my own experiences, but has this been kind of a learning curve in your marriage too of figuring out like navigating this and, you know, not taking it personally and like that whole type of thing or, or maybe your husband is just like, go with the flow and he's like, no worries, you know, type of thing. I'm sure we haven't talked about it much. I'm sure it, it has been a learning curve. Yes. But he's really good at, at, going with the flow and i think he's pretty intuitive there where he can see like okay mommy needs a break or so he's pretty good like there's lots of times where i'm overstimulated and having a day where he'll pick up a broom and you know finish off whatever i was doing for me or he's great at he's always in the garage working and he'll have the kids go play with them or we're with him and so yeah it's been a learning curve but it he he helps out a lot yeah yeah He's a great guy. Yeah. He and he and he knows who you are and knows that when you've gone through these things that, that it's not you talking, you know, yeah. it's the hormones and everything else. And so, yeah, I'm glad you have a great support with him. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah. Well, so if there if there was just one takeaway that you could um, have a mama leave this podcast episode with say there's a mama who's who's going through what you've been through and she's in the trenches and just you know struggling what would be the one thing that you'd want her to know man i would probably just say kind of like you touched on it like we you are not alone i don't know why and you would probably agree with me like when you're in the thick of it when you're in your deepest moment you feel like you're the only person in the entire world feeling that way. Like, why do we feel that way? Like, why do we feel so alone? We are not alone. We are surrounded by neighbors and people like our mothers, our sisters, our aunts. They've all gone through this, whether you're close to them or not. Like, we are not alone. Um, and maybe you don't have close friends or family or maybe you live remote where you aren't surrounded by people. Like, you don't have a village that doesn't matter. Like you still are not alone in this. Like there are so many women who are going through it and you're, you're not crazy. Um, but I would, I would, I would highly suggest voicing how you feel, whether it's to a friend, um, a trusted friend or family member, or if you, if you're okay with getting help i'd say get help i was really scared for a long time about what that meant for me getting help but i think it i mean it was a life changer for me and it it affected me you know my kids lives changed they didn't have scary mom anymore i say if you're feeling like you are going through it and it could be something that could be bettered or improved then get the help for sure yeah That's so perfect that's perfect. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for for coming on here and sharing your story. I know it's a vulnerable thing, but it's um, it's so brave of you. And I know that it will help other mamas listening and and just help us to create uh, a world where we talk about these things more and women don't feel alone. So thank you so much.
Oh, it is my pleasure. I am honored to be here with you. I'm I'm honored to share my story. Hopefully it does help someone. So, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Um, You have a wonderful day. Remember, you are so...